We at Global Nomad Hacks are peace heroes. By playing Peace and Harmony program during this episode, we help create one million pockets of peace by dissolving stress and tension. To be your own peace hero and get your own copy, go to peaceandharmonydownload.com. Welcome back to Global Nomad Hacks. Today, I'm excited to introduce to you a new friend. His name is Andrew Murdoch, and he is a digital nomad in the clearest sense of the word. And he's also the founder of the Digital Nomad Journey. Welcome, Andrew. Hi, Heidi. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so super pumped and excited to be here. So you're calling in today from Scotland and you're a Canadian. Typical, like this is what we're talking about, folks. This is what people do. And these are my peeps. So welcome. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you landed in Scotland? First of all, I want to know how a Canadian ended up there. Sure thing. Yeah. So my journey as a digital nomad actually began in late 2018 when I actually sustained a bit of a private life crisis that I can happy to share with later on. And I started booking one-way flights and one thing led to another. In 2019, I, I saw Canada, the United States, Mexico, Spain, and the UK. I found a lot of success in meeting incredible people and visiting different parts of the world by doing house sitting because there's these different professional platforms that you can join online that are very safe and secure and was able to uh, provide an amazing service for a lot of people out there watching their their properties and taking care of their fur babies and found myself in Dalkeith just as which is just outside of Edinburgh when the world went a little mad when the world went a little crazy that was in March 2020 and clearly things changed so my girlfriend and I had to adjust our plans we ended up moving in with some of her family outside of Glasgow because I think like a lot of people during these uncertain times, you wanted to reclaim some certainty and stay close to loved ones in the event that someone were, were to fall ill or uh, some hard times were to be felt. You can pool your resources, pull together and lean on one another. And I think right now in mid-2020, it's important to lean on your loved ones for support. For sure. And it's finding those connections. And sometimes they're in sort of, I mean, as you said, you've got sort of extended family you're staying with. And sometimes it's sort of reaching out to that extended network and realizing that we are actually, the world is a pretty small place. When you look at the grand scheme of things, you have family everywhere. So you've got a really interesting story in general, your path and some of your work, which is actually, when I looked at your profile, I was, it's not your usual nomad or global nomad type of background because a lot of people come from either being a trailing spouse or they're sent with their company or they studied abroad at some point. What was it that for you that triggered that sort of desire to go see the world as a bigger place? I mean, you said that you had obviously an event, something that actually happened that triggered your want to to move. What was it that sort of said, I got to go see the world for you? Yeah, great question. And you pinpointed on something that I hope will help your listeners because I actually spent the bulk of my adult life working and living as a very blue collar professional wearing steel toe boots and fins. You name it, I did it. I was a firefighter. I worked for CN Rail as a train conductor on freight trains. I was a Canadian Coast Guard rescue diver actually stationed at the hovercraft base in Vancouver, Canada. And I transitioned into a very location independent lifestyle when I uh, accepted a, a digital marketing slash social media position with an American tech company. And so I guess you could say that I fell into being a nomad, but it was a happy accident because 
I'd spent the, the bulk of my life doing very location-based things. You clearly can't be a firefighter or a rescue diver in a remote capacity. So I decided to step away from that blue-collar kind of lifestyle and decided that it was time to expand my horizons, become a better version of myself. Started taking different online courses and studying I'm very much into personal development and studied up on Tony Robbins and Stephen James and, and Gary Vaynerchuk and some of the greats out there. And one thing led to another, and, and that's what allowed me to accept this digital marketing position with a very progressive, very forward-thinking American tech company. And then, fortunately, as life would have it, I uh, did experience a, uh, a personal life crisis when I found myself a newly divorced, newly separated young man in Vancouver. And it was one of those situations where it was just simply a very toxic and unhealthy relationship for both of us. What I tell people is that we were dying together. We were not living together. And I'm very grateful and fortunate and thankful that I had the, the confidence and the courage to hit that reset button and to end the marriage. And so in what seems like overnight, I found myself sleeping on an air mattress in a friend of a friend's spare bedroom that was just happened to be available. And I had almost no belongings and found myself just feeling like the world's biggest loser. And I think everyone can relate to that point where you just feel like the universe is against you at every turn. And I uh, found myself staring at the ceiling and wondering how best I can move forward to improve my situation. And they say that there's only really two things ultimately that motivate people to, to act, to make change happen. And one is towards pleasure, but unfortunately the data shows us that to move away from pain is a far greater motivator. And I desperately, desperately wanted to move away from pain. So I was motivated to sell my car, donated things, gave things away, just put the bare essentials into a storage locker. And I booked my first one-way flight ever, which was quite the experience when you've never done that before. You mm -hmm. typically fly, fly somewhere and, and return home. And I found myself staying with family and friends, basically couch surfing for the first few months. It was the holidays coming up and, and I wanted to be near some loved ones. And that transitioned into me eventually doing uh, house sitting on kind of a semi-professional level, and uh, which just gave me that freedom of choice that I think ultimately everybody is seeking. And I've found myself in a valuable position to say the least, because now here we are in 2020 and it could be the pandemic. It could be the crazy fire storm that Australia witnessed not that long ago, but no one's talking about it anymore. Because <laughs> oh no, that's old news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's old news now, right? So and before <laughs> that it was California. So there, I guess the point I'm trying to make is it's always seems to be something that will disrupt your life, your business, your private life. Now it is the pandemic. Unfortunately, you turn on the, the news and you see riots and looting and people are afraid to go outside. It could be a natural disaster like a firestorm or an earthquake or a hurricane. And then, of course, there's the numerous examples of civil and political unrest. The biggest example, of course, would be Hong Kong. And so I've inadvertently became a strong advocate for location independence. And that can mean you are a digital nomad or a global nomad. Or it could mean that you are a work from home professional. Maybe you, you have little ones, you have kids at home that you don't want to leave with a nanny, or you have some fur babies that you just cannot stand to leave for more than a couple hours, or, or they get stressed out because they're alone for too many, too many hours throughout the day. And I've, I just, I guess I saw the writing was on the wall in 2018. And now it's time to think outside of the box and be a little bit more creative with hopefully 
creating, crafting work around our lives instead of crafting our lives around our work. And that's what the messaging that I, I like to share with people these days. Well, and I think it's a very critical message for all of us. And hopefully, as we talked a little bit about in the green room, and that this is really an opportunity for us to do that reset and to really look at what is it that makes us thrive? What is it that we can do and what can we adjust? And I think people are getting the experience now because you can, because you have to work remotely. So it's all about remote work. What does that mean when we transition into the new phase? Can we continue to integrate the pieces that really work for us and go forward to have that location-independent lifestyle? Does that mean that everybody really chooses where in the world is the best place for them at this time? Because before it was, that wasn't the mindset. And I think that that's something that really, it's going to be an incredible opportunity when we're coming out of the other side and you're actually able to move around again, where will people choose to go? I'm curious about, because you started doing this work with the Digital Nomad Journey in 2018, and obviously the world has changed. We're in a different place in 2020, and 2021, it'll be a whole new place. What are some of the things that you can carry over from that to help advise other people or help people understand what that opportunity is that they can bring forward that allows them to have that freedom, but also maybe lift some of that pain that they may be trying to escape in that process? Because we're in that major transition space. What are some of the things that we can pick up from that? Great question, Heidi. Thank you. So there's many foods of thought around that subject. And I like to think of the three Ps, the profit, proficiency, and passion formula. And many people will will frame this in different ways. And I couldn't agree with you more. I think right now, for the last few months, really, people have been on lockdown. And uh, although different parts of the world seem to be relaxing these regulations somewhat, there are clearly signs indicating that life is never going to go back to the way we once saw it. There's going to be a new normal. We are marching towards a new normal. Twitter made a very big announcement recently saying that their employees will be allowed to work from home in perpetuity forever if they wish to do so. And they were just the first of some of the major firms out there that have made similar announcements. So I agree with you. I think the future is remote. And so right now is that time for people to reinvent themselves. And I love how you just framed it just now, because I think there's two schools out there. I think there are some people out there who are feeling defeated, deflated, feeling left behind, feeling painted into a corner. Bills are piling up or their clients disappeared or they were laid off or furloughed and their options seem bleak. And I think, again, out of the two motivating factors to force you to make change. It's always away from pain. And unfortunately, right now, there are a lot of people feeling pain. And and I want to respect that. Jumping back towards the question that you asked, I like to focus on those three Ps. Let's start with the most obvious one, profit. So clearly, you must enter into a market where there are paying customers, where there Now, this applies to everybody. This Mm -hmm. is if you're an employee, if you're a freelancer, if you're an entrepreneur, it does not this this formula would work for absolutely everyone because you can be an employee as a global nomad or you could be a freelancer or an entrepreneur. You really can be. And so if there's a, a market, proven market, where there are people paying clients because the market has deemed that there is value that has been created, there's not enough of this particular product or service to meet the demand, great. That's a great indicator. So that's profit. Passion. There's, you've got to have a passion for it because it's probably obvious saying this, but there's going to be tough times. There's going to be tough times ahead and you want to make sure you have that drive, you have that pull 
that brings you through those tough days, those tough moments, because not every day is going to be just a grand slam. You're going to have those, uh, those grounders out there and get called out at first, and you're just going to have a hard time trying to make any progress whatsoever. So passion is also important. And then proficiency. And right now, when people are hitting that pause button, this is the time. This is the time. YouTube is reporting a 66 increase in watch time on their platform. And in some niches, they're seeing an increase of 75%. There are people out there right now learning how to code. They're learning how to program by watching free YouTube videos. So accessing information and content these days is not the problem. What the problem is, is trying to streamline your attention and stay focused on any one thing long enough to, to really move the needle and make it uh, make a difference and get some traction. So on a very high level, I would suggest people focus on those three Ps and just uh, without spending too much time, it probably would be valuable to your listeners to maybe dive down into the weeds a little bit and get a little bit more granularity there. Because I think looking at the big picture, people struggle with, excuse me, either one or the other. And I've done a lot of digging lately into the different markets that are expected to do well in the coming months and years. And there's a lot of evidence out there that suggests for, let's start with some of the obvious ones, at-home business. Mm -hmm. If you had a product or service that that actually helped people start an at-home business, a brand new at-home business, you're likely to do well. Or getting a job or an app that uh, helps people run their at-home business. Same thing, you're going to do exceptionally well. Or at-home fitness. Gyms have been closed for months. And they historically had very tight margins. So it's not insane to assume that many of them won't be able to recover. So at-home fitness products and services, again, incredibly powerful niche to get into. Virtual reality. Virtual reality has been in its infancy for years. And I suspect we're going to see a massive boom in virtual reality Mm -hmm. in the coming weeks and months because of the added attention of people being at home. And people need to be entertained. People always have that yearning to be entertained, which is why they can sit and binge watch an entire season of Netflix in one weekend. And I suspect that YouTube right now, which is where many people go to learn a new skill, will eventually roll out their own virtual reality channel, their own virtual reality hub, so that you could actually go put on your VR set and put on your VR gloves and learn how to fix that dishwasher and then take off your VR set and then go fix your dishwasher in real life. There's all those do-it-yourself gurus out there, people that like to fix things on their own. Family connection. If you got into, involved in anything that helped people connect and not feel so lonely in this day and age, that's a powerful niche to get in, involved into. And I could probably go on and on and on. And I probably shouldn't so that uh, we can move on to the next <laughs> subject. But finally, I'd like to add that there's always those supplementary products and services because you might say, well, Andrew, I'm I'm not going to design an at-home fitness product. Well, okay, that's fine. That's fair enough. I'm not going to either. But uh, I I was able to become a digital nomad by getting into digital marketing. And digital Mm -hmm. marketing is a vast, vast industry. You could do get into home fitness products and do their SEO, or you could do their social media management, or you could do their funnel design or there, I could go on and on and on with all the digital marketing services. You could create an entire brand based out of helping at home fitness products. So I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is it all depends on what you want to focus on at the end of the day. There are not discounting the fact that there's a lot of challenges out there. There's a lot of obstacles. There's a lot of pain, but if you pay attention, if you look around, you know, in, when I was with a part of the railway, we had a a line uh, that said uh, head on a swivel. We always repeated that head on a swivel because the railway is actually quite a dangerous industry to work in. And I, I'm thanking my lucky stars that I did that for four years and walked away with all my limbs. And 
it, now I like to think of it the same way, head on a swivel, head on a swivel. Where, where are the risks? Where are the dangers? And where are the opportunities? Where are the markets that are desperate for people to provide value? And so that's how I look at things right now. And I really hope that people are able to pay attention to the, the possibilities and, and potential out there because we're surrounded by opportunities if you look for them. Well, absolutely. I, t- I totally agree with you. And I think that there's there are incredible opportunities. I think one one piece I want to circle back a little bit with you on, though, because I know you've done a lot of personal work. And I think for a lot of people, the idea of not having the structure of an office environment, not having the, you know, sort of the person that pulls you through and is sort of like, okay, I need deadlines, this, this, this. I mean, it takes a lot of really knowing yourself, knowing, you know, are you good at working in the morning? Are you good at working in the night? When are you productive? When can you focus? When to shut it off? I mean, for me, one thing I've noticed during the the quarantine is that in our household, we actually do weekends now, which we never did before. And that's because you know, we have two entrepreneurs in the same household, and now we have three because our son has gotten involved. And it's very typical that the work week would spread into the weekend. But now in order to actually notice time passing during the quarantine, we take weekends, everything is shut off on the weekend. And so whatever it is, learning sort of what is your system, I'm curious what you recommend for digital nomads who may be new in this, what kind of things do they need to focus on in terms of doing the personal work? the personal transformation so that they can succeed as a digital nomad, because it's not all about just finding the new markets. It's also figuring out the good fit for you that is going to, you know, help you succeed as an individual, but also is going to really feed your soul and work with who you are and who you want to be in the outcome on the other side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a very good point. One thing that I like to share with people is being a remote worker or working from home doesn't solve all your problems. <laughs> you are essentially trading in one set of problems for a completely different set of obstacles and challenges. And I firmly believe that the benefits outweigh the cons, and which is why I'm a strong advocate for this lifestyle. Uh, however, you are, you are so right that there are some unique challenges to overcome. And let's just start with the obvious one. I, I would say that distractions are more of a problem when you are a work from home professional than if you are working in the office because you have the kids and the pets there or your spouse partner or your or the TV or your or whatever pr- home project that you have on the go having a separate workspace can be extremely valuable somewhere with where a door can be closed however that's not always an option if you're living in a smaller footprint so what i really tend to rely on heavily are my headset my noise canceling bose headset yes i've noticed you and i have the same set and in some offices and some of those open concept offices, it's an un, unwritten rule, unwritten law that when that headset goes on, you are not available. And what works for me well here at home is my girlfriend and I will actually text each other because she understands that if I can take that breath, she knows I, I will be able to look at the phone and respond. And if I'm in the middle of my flow state and We both understand how important it is not to be interrupted in that flow state. There's some fantastic data out there that I did uncover when during some of my professional development time. And there are studies that have proven that on average, you lose 23 minutes of productivity per disruption, per interruption. Mm -hmm. So when you think of it that way, every three interruptions is an entire hour lost. That's just an incredible amount of value that's just vanished. So you really do need to have systems in place and you need to explain to your loved ones that when that door is closed or when your headset is on, that's you at work. And that is how you are able to provide an income 
so that you can maintain your quality of life. And this is important. Now, of course, if there's an emergency, everyone will say, yes, please. If there, if someone's bleeding, house is burning, okay, you can come get <laughs> Interrupt, <me>. but, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but other than that, you know, you need to have a system in place. And then maybe on a more general level, uh, something that I find helpful is calendarization because it's very easy to, burnout is a very real thing, whether you're in the office or at home. And I rely on my calendarization no matter what. I calendarize my work in the different work assignments. It gives me that sense of urgency. A lot of people will actually set a clock, a 60-second clock. And as soon as that clock starts kicking down, it just gives you that little that little pep, that little, ah, I got to get going here. And then as soon as that hour is up, you have to move on to the next task. Yeah. And there's something about that. It's a bit of a productivity hack. Maybe it doesn't work for everyone, but it certainly works for me. And then on the personal note too, I, I have to calendarize date night. I do that. I calendarize date night because if it's not on the calendar, I, I explain to my honey, it's not going to happen if it's not in my calendar. So so uh, you were saying that uh, you don't work on weekends and I do the exact same thing. I actually block off Sunday. I allow my Saturday to still get some work done, but it's, I think in this day and age with everyone on lockdown, I saw felt compelled to go above and beyond. And there are a number of projects that I just could not push off. So I allow myself one day to unplug a week. And that's for my own sanity uh, to make sure that I can perform at my very best because we are not machines. It's important to take care of your body, your mind, and have those quiet alone moments, do something physical, have a journal if that helps. And I certainly have those quiet moments where I need to quiet my mind because I'm very analytical. And I think when you do that self-development and you know where you're strong, where you're weak, you need to balance things out. It's important in any aspect of life, I suppose. But if you're a type A personality and you're always on the go, it's important to know when to pull back the reins because burnout is still a problem, whether you're a type A personality or not. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of hacks out there. And I probably touched on some of the more general ones there because Again, you could be in any market, in any niche, and be a remote, almost any niche, as you say, and be a remote work from home professional or be a digital nomad. I just cannot stress enough that I very, in a very real, measurable way, realized, and I'm taking your answer another direction now, but I apologize, but I, uh, I very quickly recognized the power in being able to close up my laptop and get to safety. And that, that's something that you just cannot measure, uh, knowing that you can grab your loved ones, you can grab your essentials, and you can get to safety. And I just look at the world a little differently now because I, I can move to another location and not interrupt my income flow. I can still bring value to the marketplace, to my employer, to my clients. And that's important. You could be a high-powered investment banker making seven figures, but if your income relies on you being in one particular building five days a week, then, well, that now all of a sudden became a risk to you recently, whereas before no one would have considered that a risk. The world is changing. You know, the, the rate of acceleration is accelerating. And I think it's important now more than ever to have those quiet moments to think about what's next year going to look like? What's five years going to look like? What's 10 years from now going to look like? It's hard to make those predictions, but it's important to ask those questions. Well, absolutely. And you touched on one piece there that I want to circle back with you on, which is sort of the portability. Because when you are moving around a lot, and you know, obviously a laptop is a key tool, then basically a laptop and a smartphone, and you can accomplish a lot. And of course, the noise reduction headset. But what are the other things that you found that are really those key pieces of portability? And part of that is sort of paring down. I had a, an interview, actually, we were just talking about it, it just went live. And, and one of our guests 
has, you know, he basically was a homeless man for 18 months and by choice. But it's really about sort of what are the absolute essential things that I need in order to have a portable life, in order to have that flexibility and still get my work done and still achieve my goals, but also to really be able to experience whatever it is that I'm experiencing and integrate that as I'm moving around. Because when you're covering different parts of the world or even different parts of your own country, which we both come from fairly vast countries in their own right. So when you go from one coast to another, it's a different experience. But what are those key pieces of portability for you that make it possible to have that digital nomad lifestyle? Really great question. And I, I think it's one of those things that people think about at the last minute, the day before they're boarding their flight, they're thinking, oh, what do I actually need? In my experience, and from everyone I've talked to about this, when you go on vacation, when you go on that one week vacation, do you typically overpack or underpack? And most people say they overpack. And I think generally speaking, you end up needing less stuff than you might think. And of course, being a global nomad, it helps when you're a minimalist. Oh, yes. I was, and let me tell you, it was very therapeutic for me when I sold my car and got and donated things and got rid of things. I, it was like I was shedding a skin. It was very therapeutic. And it felt like a giant weight was lifted off my shoulders. And I just felt this entire sense of adaptability and flexibility that I hadn't felt before. And what I do might not work for everybody, but I think this is a pretty good formula. My office, my entire office will fit into my rucksack, my backpack. Mm. And then my personal life is in one, can fit everything into one checked airline bag, one, one large piece of luggage. And that's specific, that's by design, because uh, you certainly don't want to put your laptop or any sensitive information in checked bag. And at, ultimately, at the end of the day, clothing isn't really that expensive in comparison to your laptop. So I certainly just, if I need socks, I buy socks. If I need whatever, those kinds of items, I would rather underpack those kinds of things and just pick them up wherever I find myself. Where I think if you're listening to this right now and you're considering that nomadic lifestyle, there are certain bottlenecks where, and I have to, to raise this because it's important, there are certain bottlenecks and mission critical components to your life and to your business that you will want to protect. There's conversations like IT security where you're going to want to make sure you have password management dialed in nicely. You want to make sure that if you were to lose your laptop or you were to lose your iPad where you conduct all your business on, you want to make sure that you have a system in place to protect yourself. For instance, save everything on the cloud. That way you can just run down to the local store, buy another laptop because maybe you left it in the Uber, you left it in the taxi and buy another laptop, log into your, your Google Drive, your Dropbox, what have you, and boom, you're back in business. When you're talking about being a global nomad, of course, being a minimalist will help, but also keep in mind that you want to protect the downside. I have a background. I spent a couple of years as an insurance agent. Remember I did say, you name it, I've done it, right? <laughs> and so I'm always trying to protect myself from the downside. And so I have these certain insurances in place to ensure that I can stay online no matter what, to make sure that I can bring value to my clients no matter what. And yeah, maybe you might be listening to this and think it's a little overkill, but it's important to protect yourself and know where those mission critical components are. But for the most part, when it comes to clothing and toiletries and things like that, it's really easy just to look at, lay everything out on the floor and make sure you don't have more than let's say four of everything. If you have more than four of something, you probably have too much. Okay. Underwear and socks. You can have more than four of underwear and socks, but everything else, you don't probably really need more than four. <laughs> yeah. Now, and the only thing that I would add to your list is I always have an external hard drive 
that so I back up both to the cloud and I have a little external hard drive that's like four terabytes or whatever. But because a lot of places you travel to, the bandwidth is not or the you know the speed is really slow, and so to actually download your information or get access to your information may be difficult. So sometimes it's better to at least have you know have it in your pocket for that critical file that you need to pull up. But otherwise, absolutely everything you said is is true. Although I'd have to say I might need a few more things. Although I think I'm pretty good at my go bag at this point. I'm down to like one roll on. One, you know, rolling thing that I carry on the plane only because I can't do a backpack anymore with my back and one checked large bag. And when I got down to that, then life became much more simple. And agreed. Yeah. Two bags, one for carry on, one for checked and you're golden. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's only for a week, as long as it's not winter, I can actually fit everything in that carry on. So, well, you raise a good point there. Actually, this lifestyle is far easier if you stick to warmer climates. It's not impossible (laughs) in colder climates, but it packing is certainly a lot harder if you're going to have a big, heavy winter jacket and whatnot. But yeah, warmer climates are, but I mean, if you're a nomad, you're probably chasing after the white sandy beaches, anyways. Well, I don't know. I mean, I used to be a ski bum, so. I don't, I don't know if oh. I necessarily agree with that one, but you get used to traveling in your in your ski jacket as your that's your yeah. coat. <laughs> it's like this you, is not going to be my luggage. <laughs> you get creative. There have been times where I was wearing five or six layers because I could not fit everything in my luggage, and yeah, you get creative. <laughs> yeah, and carabiners are awesome. Carabiners, you can attach anything to your bag, and it's like oh, this is just a little random piece. <laughs> it's not going to lose it. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? This has been such a pleasure and I could continue on with this conversation for hours, but unfortunately our time is up. It has been such a joy having you on the show and I want to make sure folks can find you and find out how they can work with you if they're interested. And uh, how do people find Mr. Andrew Murdoch? Well, they can find Digital Nomad Journey across any social media. I am um, very active on the YouTube channel and uh, one of those projects that I recently was just mentioning to you I felt compelled to write a book because I wanted to get this option of being a nomad out to the world and it's completely free. You can get it at digitalnomadjourney.com forward slash free book to, uh, to get your copy. And it was written and designed for the newbie, for the, the very brand new entrepreneur slash freelancer to really get their feet wet because it can be quite a daunting thing to step into this new lifestyle. It is a radical shift for many people. However, I can tell you that I can look back and I can, I feel so grateful that I had the, uh, the courage to take that first step because I don't know where I would be right now had I not done that. And, and it, it actually scares me. It scares me a little bit had I not done what I did in late 2018. And now I just want to share it with people. And hopefully, hopefully anyone listening to this right now who possibly feels a little cornered, a little behind, a little scared and frustrated with all these factors that are beyond their control I truly hope that you can listen to Heidi's podcast and get access to more resources and truly pay attention to others who have achieved a goal that you are striving for, because there's no point in trying to reinvent the wheel. Listen to this podcast and you will find your path to become a global nomad in no time. Well, thank you for the little plug there. Appreciate that. And we'll make sure that in the show notes, we have all the links so people can find you. So if you're driving please do not try to write it down. You will be available for you later. It's been a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you for taking the time to call in all the way from Scotland. It must be getting late there. 
And folks, thank you, Global Nomads, for joining us today. Whether you're aspiring to be or a global nomad already, we welcome you to join the journey. And it's been a pleasure having you. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of the great upcoming episodes or check out some of our older episodes. And always appreciate a rating and review. And if you do take the time to do that, please make sure you let us know because we like to send a little love back to you. So thanks for joining us today. And we look forward to next time. Bye-bye for now.